Dear friends in Jesus Christ, we made it. What do I mean? Well, we made it through our Advent Christmas booklet, so I hope all of you have completed it. And by the grace of God, we have made it through 2023. I'm sure there were some difficulties in your lives. There were difficulties in mine, but by the grace of God, we have made it. As we think about 2023, certainly we have fallen into sin. We know it happens to everyone, but what is the good news through Jesus Christ because of God's love, because of all that Jesus has done, because by grace we are trusting in Jesus as our Savior, let us know our sins are forgiven. What great news. So that kind of puts to bed, in a sense, 2023. Oh, we have some great memories. Let's hang on to them. Let's know we are forgiven. But what about going ahead now to 2024? Well, as we look ahead, let us decide to use the Bible every day. Do we have a lot of things in life we do every day? Like every day, we um, comb our hair, and we brush our teeth, and we eat food, and all kinds of other things. Well, which is more important, stuff like that or getting into God's holy word? Let's keep it in perspective. Let's know how important it is. Let's decide to use the Bible every day. Let's decide to attend service and class every week. Here at Bethlehem, we are doing everything we can to make our services and classes beneficial. We want people to come. We want them to be excited. We want them to receive the blessings that God has for them. And by the way, thanks for praying for me so I can try to make each week the very best I can. Also too, let us decide to be open and obedient to God's will for our lives. We can be confident that God has a plan for each of us and his ways are always best. Even when they don't make sense to us, we can know that if something is truly the will of God, that is going to be the best thing. So may God help us to seek out his will and when we know it, let us gladly do it. Well, today's booklet, we're gonna finish it up today. We actually have five days that we're going to briefly cover in the booklet. We are going to intersperse some hymns in between these sections we're going to look at. So in the booklet today, we're going to look at how blessed we are through Jesus, and then we're going to look finally at how we should respond to Jesus. In other words, how should we be living for him even as he has lived and died for us? We go on now to day 25 in the booklet, Believers Are God's Adopted Children. I just talked about that topic with the children. Here we are in Galatians chapter 4. The Bible says, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, born subject to the law. Don't we have powerful people in our nation and in the world today, and they're living as if they are somehow above the law. Oh, the law doesn't apply to me. I can do whatever I want. Well, you would think with the Son of God coming into the world, he would be above the law, but that's not the case. He was subject 
to the law. He was under the law. And why is that? Like it says here, born under the law so that he might redeem or buy back those who were under the law. Why? That we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, the Bible says, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Let's never forget that all people in all of the world of all time, they are required to fully keep all of God's laws. That's always been a requirement of God. But at the same time, we understand for us and for all people, we have fallen short. So what did the Son of God do? He put on flesh in order to keep God's law in our place. And then when we get closer to the cross and on the cross to fully pay the penalty that we deserve. So wonderful what he did. Well, thinking about adoption a little bit, the cost of adoption is very high. I looked it up on the computer recently, and in the state of Ohio, if you want to adopt an infant, the cost is somewhere between forty dollars and $50,000 to adopt an infant. So I don't understand why it's, why it's so high. It would seem like it should be lower so people could more easily do that. Certainly there are children who need to be adopted. Why make it so difficult? I don't know. But when we think about God adopting us, the price wasn't like forty to 50000 The price was the very life of his son. So God sent his son to put on flesh, to live for us, to die for us, and it cost all of that to adopt us. You know, I just thought about this now, but that's saying something about you and me that is saying that we, to God, are super valuable. Sometimes we might think, oh, I'm a nobody, I'm nothing. But think about it. God paid such a tremendous price for us because in the sight of God, we are so valuable. God is saying, like it was so hard for me to give my son, but at the same time, those people are so precious to me. So I'm willing to pay the price. I want them to be with me forever. So it's amazing what God did. And then thinking about the relationship, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Isn't that like the craziest thing? It's like, wait a minute now, we're talking about the Almighty God, and yet I'm calling him my Father. It doesn't seem right, does it? But yet, God has told us in his word that is true. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. He wants us to know that is a reality. So with that teaching, and also with many others, we can't go on what we think we can't go with what we feel, but rather we have to go with what the Bible says. Like, I might, I might not feel like the Almighty God is my Father, 
But the Bible tells me that is true. So it's important that we go with the Bible, even if it's beyond our comprehension. Well, there is a passage in the Bible here in Romans chapter 8, and this is how we know God is our Father. The Bible says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So what should we do? We should listen to the Spirit working through the Word and not listen to our own thoughts and feelings. We are up to day 26 in our booklet. So day 26, believers are saved through the Holy Trinity. We are looking here now at Titus chapter 3, picking up in verse 4. The Bible says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thinking about this reading, first of all, thinking about God being our Savior. So let's understand that the very love of God our Father, that love moved him to send his Son. Now, God did not save us because we are good people. We live in a world today where almost everyone thinks, oh, I'm a decent person, God's probably smiling upon me, everything will be okay for eternity. That's not true. Did you see what it said there? God did not save us because of our goodness. God saved us because of his mercy. I want to tell you my favorite uh, Dennis the Menace comic. I think most of you know Dennis the Menace, and in this comic, uh, Dennis has his best friend Joey with him. So they're over next door at the Wilson's house. And you can only imagine all the trouble they're getting into over there at the Wilson's. So finally, they're leaving the Wilson's house. And both of them have a handful of cookies. And Joey says to Dennis, he says, Dennis, what good thing did we do to deserve these cookies? And then Dennis gives the greatest answer of all. Dennis said, Joey, we don't have these cookies because we are good. We have these cookies because Mrs. Wilson is good. I hope you can see the application here already. 
So the love of Mrs. Wilson moved her to give the cookies. It wasn't something in Dennis and Joey, but it was the love of Mrs. Wilson. How is it that we have salvation? It's not something in us. It's because of the great love of God that he was moved to give his son in order to do everything to take away our sins. And then, how did God get us connected? Well, God worked by the Holy Spirit through baptism in order to do that. So Jesus has done everything for everyone, but we have to get connected to that somehow. The Bible tells us that if left to ourselves, we are spiritually blind, we are spiritually dead, we are spiritual enemies of God. So we don't have the ability to go to God, so God has to come to us, and one of the primary ways God does that is coming to us through holy baptism. Now, sometimes people say, oh, an infant is not able to believe in Jesus. Well, wait a minute now. How does an adult believe in Jesus? Does the adult like have that within him to be able to believe? No. For an adult, God has to give the adult the gift of faith by which he trusts in Jesus. Is God able to give the gift of faith by which the infant is trusting in Jesus? By all means, God can do anything. That's what God is doing through holy baptism. Let us rejoice in what God has done for us. And of course, what's important, let's not say, I was baptized. Rather, let us say, I am baptized. In other words, I am, by the grace of God, continuing to have the blessings that God gave me in baptism. I am continuing to trust in Jesus alone as my Savior. I am continuing to be in possession of God's great gift of eternal life. Let us always look at it that way and rejoice in the great blessings that we have. Coming to day 27 in the booklet, believers are the most blessed of all. I hope you know that now, but let me remind you about that a little bit more from this reading. We are in 1 John chapter 4, picking up in verse 9. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If we think about what God has done, God had to not only reveal the need that we have for Jesus, then God had to provide the solution in Jesus. See, for a lot of people, they're closed off to what God is trying to communicate to them, so they're not aware of their need. But when we are open to the things of God, God will make the need known, and then once, we ha- once we're aware of the need, then God provides the solution, or God makes known the solution to us. It's been there all along, but if people don't know their need, they're not going to care about the solution. So let's understand that God has done both in our lives and let's understand that what that makes us is among the most blessed people in the entire world. Most people don't know what we know. Most people don't have what we have. Let us be so thankful for the privileged position that God has placed us into. And then the Bible said there that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. In other words, we could say he, Jesus, is the means of forgiveness for our sins. When we think about the word propitiation, really what it's talking about, think about Good Friday, think about Jesus being on the cross. So our sins have already been put upon him and a key part of the process of him propitiating our sins, that is when God the Father poured all of his wrath out upon his son, giving him the eternal punishment for all the things that we have done wrong. That's a key part of him being the propitiation for our sins. So it is through Jesus that God has repaired the broken relationship between us and God. So our sins broke the relationship. And what did Jesus do? Who is Jesus? He is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Wow, we are so blessed to know that and to have possession of those great benefits.
We are up to day 28 now. Uh, saved ones, what do they do? They live to glorify God. Our text here is Titus chapter 2, picking up in verse 11. For the grace of God, in other words, for the love by which God loves us, which is completely undeserved. That's what we're talking about. So for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So we might ask the question here, how is God, how is God our Father calling us to live? He is calling us to reject all that opposes him and to do all that pleases him. How can we know about all that stuff? That's an easy thing God has told us right here. And then we might ask ourselves the question, what is our motivation to live unto God's glory? Well, let me give you a few ideas here, and you could add many more to the list, but think about it, though. Us knowing Jesus, that means that we have been delivered from death to life. We have been delivered from terror to peace. We have been delivered from hell to heaven. We could just go on and on. Let's understand that without Jesus, the situation is like so bad. But with Jesus, the situation is so good. So when we think about all of that, the blessed state that we are in by the grace of God, not because of us, but by the grace of God, the blessed state that we are in, that should motivate us to want to glorify or to honor our great God for all he has done and continues to do and has promised for us. And now our final day in the booklet, day 29, which is a day that you should have looked at today on December 31 here, the final day of the year. We are in Hebrews chapter 1, picking up in verse 1. In this reading here, 
being in awe of Jesus, that is another reason to live for him. We talked about glorifying God. Now we're focusing more on the Son of God, and we're going to look at the greatness of Jesus, and that should move us to say, oh, he is so great. How could I not live for him? The Bible says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So thinking about what I just read there, there is so much greatness about the very Son of God. But just to mention a couple things, he is the heir or he is the inheritor of all things. I mean, think about knowing someone and that person passes away and you receive some kind of an inheritance. Well, that can seem a little bit significant sometimes. Sometimes it can seem like not much of anything. But think about the Son of God. He is the inheritor of everything. So, so very great. And then he upholds all things. Think about planet Earth in our solar system. Why aren't other planets bumping into us? Why aren't we falling off planet Earth? Because sometimes we have gravity and sometimes we don't have gravity. Like what's holding all of this together? What is enabling everything to work perfectly? That is the Son of God. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about his awesome, awesome greatness. And then he did for us what he did. He put on flesh. He lived for us. He died for us. We should be so overwhelmed that he is so great, and yet he did everything. He humbled himself all the way to the point of death on a cross for you and me. Thinking about his greatness, thinking about what he did, how could we not have the desire to want to live for him, to honor him in what we say and in what we do? And then thinking about the benefits that we have, well, through Jesus, of course, we are forgiven. Through Jesus, we are pure in God's sight. I don't see you as pure, and you don't see me as pure. Those things aren't so important, but what is important is that God sees all of us as pure through Jesus. What a great blessing. And then finally, what is another great benefit? We are members of God's holy family. Hard to comprehend, but the Bible tells us about it, and one day, by the grace of God, we will fully experience the truth of that statement. Isn't that going to be so very awesome? Well, I want to conclude 
this booklet. So I've kind of concluded the sermon today, but to conclude the booklet though, I want to thank all of you for working through it. Now, in case some of you didn't get a booklet or you haven't finished it yet, I think there are still some in the back. You can pick up a booklet. You can still go through it. It doesn't take that long, but there are a lot of important things in it. In case you missed some of the sermons, there have been nine sermons in the series. If you missed one, you can easily go to our church website. You can pick up that sermon. You can read it. You can listen to it. Hey, you can watch the video on those particular sermons. So those are things that I hope that you uh, will do if you've missed any of them. And then, starting tomorrow, I'm asking you to accept my challenge so my challenge would be to read the Bible. Now, this is a daily challenge. Read the Bible every day. Think about what you read. Pray about what you read. And then apply what you read. I think these are vital things for all of us as believers. See, what I'm talking about here would be spiritual food. We understand that we need food for our bodies. How many of you just say, well, if I eat this week, I'll eat, and if I don't, so what? How many of you are thinking about breakfast or lunch right now? So, okay, so, so we understand we have that need with our bodies. We have this hunger. God wants us to have a spiritual hunger, and the Bible is our spiritual food. What did Jesus say? Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what this is. This is what has proceeded out of the mouth of God. So I hope you'll accept my challenge. Well, if you accept it, I believe that God will bless you in super amazing ways. But you have to do it in order to get the blessings. So how can you get into the Bible? Let me give you some ideas here. First of all, you could use this brochure that I wrote years ago called Christian. So in this brochure, this contains 49 Bible readings, Bible passages, and I think these are some of the 49 most important and most interesting passages in the entire Bible. So you could read through the whole book, I hope you do, but if you want to look at some of the 49 most important and interesting, use this brochure. There are copies available by our main entrance. And then another option would be to use a booklet I wrote years ago called God's Word is Truth. What that booklet does, it has seven days of kind of laying the foundation on some really important things. Then it has 33 days of working your way through the Gospel of John. So it's a 40-day booklet, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, and it walks you right through some really important things. There are copies of the booklet available. Another thing you could do, we have a couple brochures I did called Bible Topics. So Bible Topics 1, Bible Topics 2. There are about 20-some different topics that I've arranged the references into, and there are probably a total of about... 500 verses or so that are referenced between the two brochures. So you could simply pick a topic and say, oh, I'm going to look at the verses under this particular topic. You could look at even like a verse per day. But if you're going to look at a single verse, I would encourage you to look at least a few verses before that, a few verses after to get the context of what's being said. But I think the passages 
in those brochures are some of the key passages in the entire Bible. So that's another way to get into the Bible. Uh, number four here, there are some Bible reading plans out there. So there are plans where you can read through the Bible in a year. You can read through it in two years. There are a number of different plans you could choose to use. And then there's also the daily devotion brochure. So for Kathy and I, for 36 years, we have used a particular method of being in the Bible every day. And that's been just a blessing to us in, in countless ways. So that method is contained in that brochure called Daily Devotion. So my hope and prayer is that all of you will pick something, and maybe you're already into the Bible every day, I hope you are. Maybe you could use one of these to be able to modify what you're doing, but don't just read it. It's so important that we think about it, that we pray about it, that we make the application, and then when we have opportunity, let us share the contents of the Bible with others. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, thank you so, so much for Jesus. It's overwhelming to think about who you are, dear Father, and what you have done for us through your Son. We pray that you would help us as we go forward in life, help us to grow up in Jesus, help us to live for Jesus, and as you give us opportunity, help us to share Jesus with others. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.